everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, Bernhard Gunther, and myself, Laura Matsu. And this episode is going to be a big one. Um, and we're going to talk about waking up from being woke. So meaning we're going to talk about this whole woke virus that we see happening in the world, how this relates to cancel culture, Me Too, looking at the spiritual perspective and how this could relate to karma, you know, this idea that people aren't allowed to make mistakes anymore, to change the social pressure and fear around dealing with the woke people, and also offer some personal stories as well as some strategies for dealing with this because it really has infected pretty much every single major institution I can po possibly think of. Um, so before we begin, um, I'm just going to actually begin by sharing a personal story that I wrote, something I wrote actually, I believe last year after actually being canceled by a bunch of woke people for speaking my mind about my feelings about critical race theory. So I actually titled this, which is also the title of our podcast, Waking Up From Being Woke. I used to be a woke person, meaning I used to subscribe to a set of ideologies which taught me that white men and racism were to blame for many of the issues of, in the world. How did I get to such a place of disempowerment? I guess you could say it all started at age nine when I was kicked in the stomach until I couldn't breathe by a girl five years older than me while being called racist names. Then it continued when I started school and I was terrified for being mistaken as indigenous. I'm not, but I look it. So I made myself look, quote, white. I had to do this to survive because indigenous people were looked down upon in the small town I grew up in. To be seen as indigenous would put a target on my back. I also felt shame whenever I spoke my own Japanese name and looked in the face in the mirror at my own Asian features. To make it even more confusing, my parents were hippies with a guru and my siblings had both Indian and Japanese names. I always felt like the weird multiracial kid who didn't belong anywhere. And then I moved to a bigger city, a very multicultural city. I thought this would change things. It didn't. At my new school, I was now being threatened with violence from black girls because they thought I was too white. They called me white girl as an insult and ridiculed me in the halls daily. I often ran to the bus scared and left class early because of rumors I was going to get beat up after school. When I asked why do they want to beat me up, I was told they don't like the way you look. So I have experienced racism from all sides, from all races, from both sexes, and it's all the same. I have learned that there's a spirit of racism and it infects those who carry it with true evil, a very dehumanizing evil. For a long time, I wanted revenge. So I blamed white people for the troubles I experienced. I also blamed men and, quote, the patriarchy, too. At the time, it was the hip thing to do. I saw the world as a hostile place, which only worked against me because of both my gender and race. My relationship sucked. I was depressed and anxious all the time. The mindset, this mindset made my already fragile mental health plummet. It wasn't helping at all. Something needed to change. Eventually, I faced myself and all the beliefs and conditioning that made up who I thought I was. I did years of deep healing. I did daily yoga, meditation. I met with various healers, therapists, traveled to do journeys with plant medicine, and engaged with many other types of inner work. I read so many psychology, spiritual, and self-help books, and I did thousands of hours of self-reflection and contemplation. And in my healing, I had to face all the pain I had suppressed from my past. I realized that a lot of it started before these experiences of racism. It all started at home. I had to heal from the betrayal of a mother who ignored me and often put me down. I had to heal from growing up in a home that never felt safe as it was riddled with abuse, Ill mental illness, and addiction. I had to heal from my dad's shame and trauma that was a result of being born in an internment camp run by the Canadian government. And I had to heal from the fear and paranoia I carried from my Japanese grandparents who lost their lives, homes, businesses as they were put into those camps too. I discovered a lot of this trauma carried in my own body during silent meditation. My ancestors lost everything and it riddled my family with genera for generations to come. My body held on to the same beliefs that they had too. 
I know the impact of racism because I watched it destroy the lives of so many around me, including mine for a while, but I broke the cycle. And as I did healing work, I began to see the world radically differently. I no longer looked for someone outside of me to blame. Instead, I looked within. I no longer looked to seek revenge on those who hurt me. Instead, I looked in my heart for forgiveness. I no longer hated an entire race or sex. Instead, I looked on how I could love my fellow human beings better by loving myself. I embraced the struggles of my ancestors and realized how strong they made me and they made me who I am today and how their stories lived on within me. This healing process made my life and my relationships radically better. I felt happy again. I felt I could trust people again. My life changed and I experienced divine grace. The old me died and I was a completely different person. But then, in this new life in the same body, I encountered a new type of hatred. I saw many old friends adopt the same social justice mindset I had before. They spoke disparagingly of white people, blaming them for everything, even though many of them were white themselves, and they said the world's issues were mainly the fault of white people and institutional racism. I saw many left-leaning social justice types become the new bullies, using these concepts to gain power over others in conversation. I experienced conflict with these people regularly. When I spoke my views, they would police my opinions for wrong thinking and attempt to shame me into submission. They would correct what I said to make sure it fit in line with the current trends of social justice ideology. It's like a cult that people try and force you into. I had many of these people explain to me what was politically correct to say or what wasn't. It was mostly white liberal women elected as the new experts on racism and oppressed people. For example, when I quoted an Indian guru I liked, I was told by a social justice warrior, also a white woman, I shouldn't be sharing his words anymore because he's too problematic. Then the last couple of years, when I shared my unique story of healing from experience of racism and how I realized I was projecting my pain onto the world, I was called the most awful names by these same types of people. I was called evil. I was called racist, a white supremacist all sorts of names, just because I didn't agree with these ideologies anymore. I was treated like a lesser being for not towing the line. I said it was wrong to blame an entire race or sex for the problems of this world. I was told things like stay in my lane and to check my privilege more times than I can count. I was told to shut up and that my specific experience with racism didn't matter. Many white people who were very identified with this ideology ideology, which has now been recently named as critical race theory, would explain to me what racism was from a position of superiority, because I didn't agree that racism was everywhere, because I didn't agree with the theory they had been conditioned to believing in in university. It was like they knew something I didn't. They were woke. When I didn't agree with them, I was told it was me who actually didn't understand racism, even though I lived through and healed from intergenerational trauma and experiences of racism myself. And that's when I knew something was wrong. But not only that, that this treatment felt so familiar to me, it reminded me of the same evil that I saw within the racist people I knew growing up. And that's when I realized these people spouting these anti-racist ideologies were actually racist. They were wolf in sheep's clothing and they were infected with the same evil. They say they are the people who are giving a voice to minorities, but then why were they wanting to silence my vase as technically a minority? They say they were the people who cared most about racism, but what I found is they mostly cared about being right in their conceptual ideas about racism. So they smeared me and they tried to cancel me, and I've had a long journey over the past couple years unpacking all of this. But now I know there is a new type of racism being born, and I refuse to be part of it. And they can call me names. They've already canceled me, but they can't do anything worse than the awful things I've already had to heal and I'm still healing from. They can't touch my soul because I'm stronger because of these experiences. And I'm so beyond thinking of myself as a victim because I'm not. I'm the opposite. These lessons have been great teachers for me, and I've become a healer in my own life because of them. And I fought so hard to love myself and also to learn how to love other people again. And I fought so hard to no longer see the ugliness in the world, but to see the divine beauty in it. And in spite of all the terrible things I've experienced, I still have faith in humanity because I can see how God works in imperfection. And I see how every difficult experience in my life holds a profound spiritual lesson. And I still have deep love in my heart for humanity. I now value truth and love over the opinions of others. So the following quote by the Buddha actually summarizes how I feel about this current politicization of racism. 
Hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone is healed. This is an ancient and eternal law. And the point is that I'm trying to make is we can't actually heal racism with more racism. And critical race theory is a racist, divisive ideology. And in the words of Elon Musk, he quoted this the other day, at its heart, wokeness is divisive, exclusionary, and hateful. It basically gives mean people a shield to be mean and cruel, armored in false virtue. And that's exactly what these people did to me. You're more than just your skin color or your gender. Don't let them bully you and shame you into green with them because wokeism is the real virus. It's taken over our spiritual spaces, our yoga studios, our therapy spaces. And the only way we can inject it is with our own awareness on where it came from, how it operates, the language it used, and how it infects our own minds and refuse to go along with it. So with that being said, we hope to tackle some of these issues in this podcast. Thank you. Very well written and fascinating your experience because, you know, um, you being multicultural, mixed race and dealing with racism from all sides, from the white, from blacks, uh, all across the board, right? And then uh, how it played out in your upbringing. And, um, you know, on another note, I also wanted to uh, mention the quote by Elon Musk is bang on, despite what people may think of him, of him being the AI technocrat, God, whatever. Let's not fall into black and white thinking, but this woke virus is a virus and it's yes. uh, very destructive. And all of it is also by design. And that's why uh, what I want to talk about as well to go deeper into it. Um, maybe before we go into all the different topics and aspects, let's really also define some of these woke terms that are being used more and more in this day and age to really mm -hmm. point them out. Yeah, you yeah. Know, just to mention a few of them. Um, so woke terms used is obviously social justice, critical race theory, diversity, equity, inclusion, um, BIPOC. Yeah, BIPOC it? folks. So... <laughs> Uh, basically black indigenous person of color and oh. the reason that they put so they spell it O-F-O-L-X because that means that they're including transgender people on top of it so, okay. I, so anytime anyone uses this like Womexen or like yeah. you know kind of thing they're referring they're basically making inclusive language for transgender people yeah and then it goes on decolonization racial justice environmental justice white privilege white supremacy systemic racism microaggression accountability etc etc so wherever you hear these terms as i posted the other day run the other way yes <laughs> um, and and i have to say you know a lot of people use these because it's because it's when i was getting into this this was like in my early 20s i guess you could say late teens maybe at the earliest It was like more of this hipster thing. And now it's reached this critical mass and now it's reached the consensus. So now what I'm seeing is that people are using these terms because it's pop of pop part of popular language without actually knowing what they're doing, what they're supporting. You know, it's literally they're just getting pressured into it, just like you get pressured to put your pronouns in your bio or something. You know, it's the same thing. So, you know. Yeah, so exactly. So that it has literally become I'm I'm really surprised because I've been aware of, of a lot of this woke stuff, this this really pathological leftist stuff that has become normalized for many years, but I didn't expect it to take a hold in the consensus in the mainstream as it is now. I mean, we know uh what's his name? Uh Jordan Peterson has talked about it many, many years ago already. Yeah, you know, he was called one of the it out, trailblazers. One of the trailblazers. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This happens in universities. And I thought it's just some fringe movement. But now realizing we will get deep into that, that has been building up and infiltrating institutions and society, not just over the past 10 years, but for decades it's been building up. That's been It's been really a mind program as um, social engineering, cultural engineering, and really trying to destroy society from within. Mm. Um, but I want to just... Uh, Uh, define some of these woke terms we just mentioned. And James Lindsay, he has done some great work exposing the woke virus of what they say, what it really means. I can highly recommend his writings and his work on new, his website, newdiscourses.com. And he also just released a new uh, book called Race Marxism. Uh, because all of it relates to cultural Marxism. That's really important to understand. Some of the woke 
proponents are self-proclaimed Marxist. And we've talked about Marxism before. It's truly a satanic ideology. Tens of millions of people died under Marxism and all that. So he is a uh, James Lindsay. He published, I think it was already last year, um, a great cheat sheet. He calls it a cheat sheet for policymakers responding to social justice rhetoric. So I want to uh, just define some of them, go through this list a little bit. So obviously social justice, what they mean is group entitlements, which is the reframing of particular political demands as universal moral imperatives and a denial of just rewards to individuals who follow the law. So can I just comment on that and yes. give people like a real word, world example? So that's what how they control you. So if you don't use... If you quote someone who's like they deem to be problematic or like harmful or whatever, you know, yeah. they're allowed to tell you what to do because they're following this universal morative imperative, which is best basically them telling you, hey, this is my ideology. This is what I think. And you have to do this because what you're doing is problematic and harmful, basically. Yeah, that's another woke term, problematic. So yes. if you ever hear oh, that, yeah, yeah. run it the other way. <laughs> problematic. If they call you problematic or privileged, you're probably on the right track. <laughs> exactly and also like on that note social justice group like you know as james said he said what that means group entitlement so the whole basis of the woke ideology is group identification and a destruction of the individual exactly exactly That's really what it comes down like to. if you the more and it, and it all works on a continuum so basically according to cultural marxism the more institutional power and quote-unquote privilege they perceive you as having the more you need to shut the f up which is interesting though because <laughs> according like i've been in many instances where technically speaking i was more up the oppressed one and since i was not going along with the conventional social justice theory i was silenced so it's also about who knows the best language and lingo around that it's very dialectic it's very like it's a mind fuck you know we talk about this it's a have, language you, fuck you have a great uh, quote by james Lindsay as well we go deep into that on how to deal with the woke yeah we'll go in cult. that in the in the in the end exactly but, just give me go over more, some more definitions so obviously Critical race theory. Uh, what they mean is believe that people of European descent make society racist for their own benefit. That's yes. in a nutshell the definition of critical race theory, what they mean. But which is the view that racism is baked into the system and inescapable. Exactly. Number two, the view that racism is present even if no one is racist because mm -hmm. it's embedded in this. It's such a, um, it's actually. The whole woke ideology is based on endless logical fallacies too, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and lastly, the view that all disparities in group outcomes are due to racist systems. So critical race theory is promoting racism, like you just shared in your write-up. It sees racism where there is no racism. Yes, and then what it seeks to do as a solution is, again, divide people into groups and segregate individuals. And now in many of the places, actually, I'm not going to name them, but many of the psychotherapeutic modalities that I've studied now do separate calls for black people, for indigenous people, for trans people. Yeah. So it feels that you need to it's resolve. Segregation. Yeah, segregation of, uh, you know, and, and do you see how harmful this can be to someone like me who is already experiencing a lot of trauma and mental health issues and low self-esteem issues? It's like, great. The reason why I'm struggling is because society is fundamentally racist and against me. So it's so, it's such a um, compelling narrative for someone who identifies as a victim at the hands of the world to, to latch onto. And then you have now, but now you have the whole world agreeing with you. Like, yes, the reason that you're not successful is not because you had crappy parenting or a crappy childhood. It's because that the institutions you're trying to apply to are racist, which is actually not true, by the way. Now they have all of these um, programs uh, in universities. What is it called? Um, basically where they allow more people of color into their programs over white people, even over Asian people. But anyway, that's another story. Yeah. So let me go over, over some of other definitions. Yeah. Diversity. Yeah. There's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Some major trigger words right there. Um, so diversity, what they mean is an identity-based approach to society includes only those who agree with social justice. That's the oxymoron yes. of diversity, yeah. right? Uh, which is uh, a violation of individual identity 
enforced intellectual conformity and political quotas, an attack on merit and form of soft uh, biogatry. Uh, so uh, that's actually affirmative ahead. action, you know? That's why I just remembered the word. So affirmative action, this is what they're talking about with the political quotas. So an attack on merit and a form of soft bigotry. So for example, a lot of like major institutions are like, we need to get a black woman, preferably disabled, you know, into, exactly. a, a, as, as the CEO of our company in order to cater to the woke crowd. So you see that happening again and again, you know, I'm not saying that whatever race can't have merit, but they're doing it specifically based no, on their race and, and not, to appeal another, to the woke crowd, exactly. to seem more diverse. And not uh, based on skills or talent no. or in the individual. I remember no. like, I have to also call out the Essel Institute, right? Which has it's a whole uh, topic in itself, the Essel Institute uh, in Big Sur. I used to study there over 10 years ago, um, got first certified deep body work, had a great time over there, but they became extremely woke. And uh, saw an announcement they made a couple of years ago that they want to uh, bring in uh, more people of color into the board because it's not diverse enough. Yeah, could so you literally like just that? That's ex that that people don't understand that this statement is extremely racist. Yeah, can you imagine? Just just what you need to do is just replace anything they're saying with white people, and then you'll see. So exactly. if they were like, we need more white people on our board. Like I would be racist, right? Like yes, it would. So, so they, they don't mean actually true diversity. They mean actually following these political quotas, basically. And that's what James said. It's only done, and it's enforced intellectual conformity. It's a violation of individual identity. And only diversity only relates to those who agree with social justice. That's yes. the irony. Yes. Um, next one, big one too, equity. That's a big one, right? What they mean is equality of outcomes plus reparations. That's a whole other topic, reparations which is a violation of equality before the law, a dismantling of the foundations of a free society, and lastly, state management of society by re redistributing resources, opportunity, and access. What that basically means, they want, that's why this whole uh, woke ideology is extremely Marxist socialist. They want to give government more and more control. Yes. So Big Brother is in control of all resources and everything under the disguise that everybody gets their equal share, which is impossible and this actually goes against natural law yeah and i have to say you know this concept of like reparations i'm also very personally allergic to it even though the canadian government did try to pay my um they did pay my grandmother off i think she got like maybe a couple of tens of thousands of dollars after the internment camp thing my grandfather refused their money because he was so bitter. But all that being said is like, what does the government giving you more money do for you? Actually, it literally does nothing. I can tell you from my own parents re receiving some sort of government benefit for the shitty things they've done in the past. Look at the indigenous people, you know, are all of these handouts from the Canadian government helping them? No, actually, they're probably not. So this is just bullshit, basically. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, Germany still pays reparations to to Israel. You know, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ongoing. So anyway, you know, basically, equ equality of outcome means that they want everyone to end up in the same place, regardless of effort, regardless exactly. of how much you work. You know, everyone like, and that's basically socialism. So this is like the main reason why critical race theory and 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 all of these kind of connected ideologies are so dangerous because it's this Trojan horse of virtue to implement socialism under the guise of like you know caring for oppressed people. Uh, exactly, that's what it it's is. on the basis of victim consciousness, as I mentioned before. It goes against natural law. It goes against divine law. Absolute law, Manly P. Hall wrote about this again, like you, what you have not earned is not yours. It goes against, exactly against that law. Yeah, right? and there is no such thing of equality in the universe. There is no, no such thing as equality in the entire universe, right? There's a hierarchy, not a man-made hierarchy, uh, but there's a hierarchy based on level of being, soul individuation, and there's many uh, things come into the into the equation. Even the idea of karma and past lives, if you put that into the context of woke, the whole woke ideology blows apart. But as we go into it later, the whole woke ideology is also God-denying, anti-divine. It's extremely materialistic. It's extremely egocentric. It's it's based on, on victim consciousness, shadow projections, and all of that. It's, it's a trauma response on the very basic level. But there's no such thing as equality as in the entire universe, as the occult esoteric teachings have talked about. So um, also with this equity uh, thing, 
you actually create traps of agreements. That's that's you know that's how the government gets you these forces by you know wanting this free money, even universal income, and get get uh, handouts from the government. It's actually from an occult law. You create a trap of agreement uh, because you're getting something which you have not earned, which you have not worked for, and in. Through this trap of agreement, you make yourself more dependent on this big brother, big brother, socialist government entity, which is essentially uh, will result in the enslavement of you and humanity if they go through with it. And I have to say, this is like a very materialistic worldview. So, say you did have like family. I mean, very few. I've not. I've met way more white liberal woke people than I have people of color, as they call them, which I personally think is racist. We used to call it like they used to, the racist term used to be colored people. And now the politically correct term is people of color. So tell me how that makes sense. It's like just like switching words around. But regardless, this idea of like reparations, the government can give you all the money in the world for the things that happen. And it's not actually going to heal your intergenerational no. trauma that you have to deal with or whatever. So it's like this is a very materialistic world. You're like, oh, yeah, the government just gives me money because my great great grandmother was a slave. Then everything will be fine. No, exactly. it won't. Actually, you <clears throat> got to figure out how that, you know, it's really a body thing. I'm telling people for, like I was actually shocked myself to see the depth of my own grandparents' ancestral terror, basically, and f and and fear that was stored in my body, you know. I think that's a very good point. How materialistic this is. Now, people are just uh, that money will just paying anything will just resolve everything, even like or having equal income. This whole materialistic view doesn't change shit. Excuse my French here, but no. you even see it. You told me in, in Canada with indigenous people who are getting all kinds of handouts, you know, free education, but they're still s s deeply suffering with addictions and their own trauma which nobody's addressing or healing yeah it's also because like you know it's often like this is like a white person solution basically to what what is a very complex problem basically yeah. so they're like oh let's just give them money it's like they don't want your free health care they don't want your kind of education actually Anyway, so let's talk about the last point, yeah, so inclusion. This is a really big one. <laughs> That's a big so one. So what they mean is restricted speech and justification for purges, which is making people feel, quote unquote, welcomed by banning maybe anything they find offensive, an attack on freedom of association and speech and enforced separation of people by race, neo-segregation. Okay, so this is what we're seeing actually happening in many of the modalities that I mentioned. So basically, like I study various psychosomatic modalities, all sorts of stuff and interpersonal neurobiology it's all riddled with woke people and i just have to do that because i see the work as valuable regardless of this infection that's come in but what they do now as i mentioned is like black people asian people actually no asian people are considered white people by woke people now so scrap that <laughs> <laughs> um because we're too successful basically that's literally like kind of their logic okay so they enforce se segregation of people so basically now if you join certain like you know modalities that you can learn in the psychotherapeutic space they have Black people, indigenous people, trans, indigenous Muslim groups, you know, they segregate everyone under the guise of inclusion. It makes zero sense, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to include this, uh, this cheat sheet from James Lindsay we've been reading from in the show notes. So people, because it's really important to understand these words, what they mean and what it, the actually definitions and what it truly entails. Because yes. if you go by the words alone and people aren't aware of it, that's why a lot of quote-unquote regular people go along with it because it sounds so great. That's yeah. the nature of virtual signaling. It sounds so noble and and profound or morally correct, right? All these things. No, even, but they, yeah, they use... But they're not. They use... They use language tricks exactly to mess with you yeah so i want to can i touch on just really quickly a few more of these because these are really important yeah, this is go, a great go ahead. okay implicit bias this is a big one so unconscious bigotry what they mean is unconscious bigotry as a result of socialization by oppressive systems so this is the the thing that they can get people like candace candace owens or even people like myself um this is how they can slam you so even if you're a black woman 
who doesn't agree with these theories, they can say, because you've been socialized into a racist system, you have implicit bias, and then you are literally, what they would say is enacting whiteness. So basically, in their (laughs) eyes, Candace Owens is like white, basically, because she's enacting whiteness. This is implicit bias. Mm -hmm. And this is how they can get you on anything. And this is what they get to me, is they're like, oh, you've been so oppressed by 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 these uh, racist systems of power that you don't even realize that you have this internalized whiteness and that's, that's what they point, say which is also what he writes it's very important mind reading that always finds what it seeks that exactly. they always imply to know exactly your internal landscape that you're inherently racist right yes uh, that's that's basically their foundation exactly their foundation and they argument. would even say to me oh like you only are saying this because you're privileged yeah. and you know according to the adverse childhood experiences checklist i would disagree with that so, that's why you cannot we talk about this later but you cannot win the with the ball club by engaging or arguing with no, them or no. playing ball you can't no, even you play can't. the game with them a no. little bit basically no. so exactly. there's only a few responses which i agree with okay let me just touch on a few more Go ahead. um white privilege and white supremacy what they mean is european moral culpability which means that any person who's white is suspect. And not only that is suspect, is yeah. not allowed to speak, has less of a voice, you know, and this is, yeah, this racist scapegoating, especially amongst disadvantaged Europeans, or never mind, like, you know, poor white people, you know, go to, like, a guy who lives in, like, Alabama in, like, a, sh- in, in, like, a crappy home and be like, oh, the only reason you know, that you're living this way is because of your privilege. Like, it's... And, uh, and it's also, it puts a bad, you know, we you know... Uh, who benefits from that these these loose accusations of everybody's being called a white supremacist who even supports trump or is just on the conservative level true white supremacists benefit from that yes, they're hiding that exactly racists, exactly right? exactly and so that's the main problem with calling everyone racist and i can personally say that from my opinion the most racist people that we have in this current society are hiding under the guise of social justice rhetoric and that's I, I get that that might be, that might feel wrong for people or whatever, but we're no. really doing this podcast super hard hitting because number one, we think this is really important. Number two, I've spoken about this already and I've been canceled for it. And number three, like in my personal opinion, I think yours too, this is the real virus we actually need to combat. Like, you know, this yeah. is the real issue. Okay. We, we talk about this, but this, uh, the woke virus is even more dangerous than the COVID uh, uh, cult. Okay. Virus. So I, I actually want to touch on the microaggression and, and hate speech as well. Okay. So micro, Aggression is really big as well. And what they mean is small slights perceived as bigotry. So, for example, you're a white straight male and you're working with a black woman and you don't and and you disagree with her about something. You know, you have a little debate with her over the water cooler. That's just, that could be actually straight up aggression, but it could at least be a microaggression. So any perceived slight is a microaggression, essentially. Any, any trigger. Yes, any trigger, you know. Um, so this is really important. Weaponizing the taking of offense to control others. Okay, so if they're offended, then you need to bow down and apologize. That's the main thing. Yes. And then putting perceived impact above actual intentions. So that's key. And again, it ties into this mind-reading thing. So regardless of whether or not you are a racist or not, the fact that the other person perceives what you're saying as being offensive or racist, which can literally be anything, by the way, literally anything, I'm not joking, then that makes it a microaggression, right? So claiming that normal everyday interactions are bigotry. Yeah. And so that's why also like uh, on that note, I want to just mention real quick, this whole woke ideology is based on pure subjectivity meaning it all matters for how you perceive it, how you feel it, and there's no objectivity. I would like to add a few things to this. Lived experience is a huge part of things that they use to police people for microaggressions. So Mm -hmm. instead of being like, this is my subjective internal experience, they say lived experience. And what this means is that you don't know what it's like to be another person until you enter their body. That's true. But then they put precedence over their lived experience versus your lived experience because you're not black or a person of color or whatever. Okay. So two more things that I think are really important. Hate speech. (laughs) What they mean, (laughs) what they mean is an expression of opinion that the accuser finds objectionable. That's true. So, you know, I have been accused of hate speech just by saying, Hey, I don't really agree with the way that we're doing this kind of whole critical race theory. And I'll tell you why. 
why and what I did to heal my own experience of racism. That was hate speech to them, basically. So usually a reflection of political differences rather than expression of hatred. Yeah. So a difference of opinion is hate speech to them. I'm not even exactly. joking. No. So as long as you don't agree with the conventional uh, theory of uh, uh, that there are the conventional political ideologies behind critical race theory, it's hate, hate speech. And never mind if you're a full on white person expressing a different opinion, then you're a neo-Nazi. Um, Okay, one more thing. This is really important. And this is one thing we're going to go into way more in depth. Accountability. Jesus. And what they mean is using institutional and social power to force compliance. That's super key. And I see this leaking into a lot of other people who may not even subscribe to social justice theory. Yeah, it also creeps in in the spiritual and new age community. What they mean is bullying, mob rule, and hackers veto. veto. Uh, So they mean like, you know, basically like doxing people. But what they, you know, when people speak of this like accountability culture, basically what they mean is I heard a disparaging story about someone else and what can I do to ruin their lives personally and to start a smear campaign for them. That's what they mean, actually. And I hear people say this a lot, you know, like accountability, accountability. How can we keep people accountable? Well, number one, it's not your job to actually keep anyone accountable. It's really the divine. So if you really believe in karma and 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 cause and effect, why is it your job as someone who doesn't know someone to hold them accountable through you smearing them on the internet? That's not even accountability, actually. Yeah. So this whole accountability is weaponized so that you can go on a personal revenge campaign against someone that you disagree with, basically. Yeah, and this whole, That's what it comes down to. And also, like, from a young perspective, a lot of this accountability stuff is literally rooted in, in toxic shadow projections. Yes, exactly, exactly. Producing. You know, and as much as, like, you know, so for example... As much as I'm like, you know, we're connected and we have to get along in everyday life, I can't hold you accountable for anything. You know, it's not my job to hold you accountable. Who holds people accountable? I remember, I remember. Who this, holds people accountable? I A shaming this, mother. And then this one person who posted like something about something more positive about Trump a couple of years ago, right? Like, yeah, actually, because he had some done some good things, right? Then all of a sudden, the post is gone from Facebook. And the next thing you see, she posted, oh, thanks for my f- community for holding me accountable. Um, you know, what I wrote about Trump was not right. Like, you know, the, the mob, she gave in to the, to the woke mob, the yes. leftist mob, because she had actually an objective, positive view of something Trump did. But then she was uh, being held accountable by her community. Yeah. And she even publicly apologized for that. Yeah, it happens all the time. So the fact is that only God can hold you accountable as much as you would love to hold maybe your loved ones and the people around you accountable. Yeah, you can talk to them about how you're feeling, but this whole idea of accountability is basically you are often using bullying, mob rule in order to force compliance upon another person. And that actually, you know, like I have a, I've really reflected on this a lot and the reason I disagree with this is because okay so say that you found out someone was like you know doing some harm like some sort of leader in like some field that you respect was like you know like doing something that you didn't agree with right as a personal outsider the moment that you get involved in a cancel campaign for that person you actually enter their karmic situation which I personally don't think is a good idea for you for them or whatever and you're not holding them accountable you're just engaging in the smear campaign so this whole idea of like um, accountability or whatever it's been weaponized as a way to it's shame weaponized. shame and control people yeah. and I do think there's accountability there's major accountability in the universe and I highly recommend people just meditate and contemplate on karma on cause and effect in their everyday life and how it applies to them but you are not the harbinger and you are not the person who delegates karma to people yeah you can be involved in their karmic situation but you're not the one to hold them accountable well i think it started off this whole accountability with the me too movement right which it has like it has been definitely used to, for social engineering has become just completely distorted. And yes, there's merit in that for uh, giving opportunity for people, for women to speak out about abuse, but it has been definitely bastardized, abused and distorted. And even like a lot of uh, uh, men are dealing with, especially men with, with accusations that are also completely off. You know what yes. I mean? There's a difference between like just touching somebody and full on rape. Right. But uh, what I want to say with this, that that's where the accountability culture 
originated from or got more popular, so to speak, with this whole Me Too movement. Uh -huh. And as I said, as you said, has been very much abused. And what's what's missing in the whole e equation, it's also so victim-based uh, thing. And I'm not saying that, you know, abuse is happening. Obviously, abuse is happening. But if you're really aware and conscious, you need to understand the victim-perpetrator dynamics and getting out of this, this drama triangle, uh, this famous drama triangle of victim-perpetrator rescuer and whatnot. And really, in even situation, even, you know, there's this whole... Um, um, popular thing of holding gurus accountable and abuse in this spiritual community and this and that, finding good, but where are the quote-unquote victims taking responsibility, how they got themselves into the situation to begin with? Yes. Yeah, I think that also as well, when I look at like just the cultural patternings that led up to that is that there was a massive epidemic of sexual abuse that happened to a lot of during the Pluto and Scorpio generation, which was when I was born into like the mid nineties. And then what you did is you, I mean, we're still dealing with the impacts now as we have this like massive sexual shadow in the yeah. West, you know? And so that's something that we're all a part of. And it's like, you know, um, I think this is, this is just a symptom of a bigger problem, basically. And we've had this massive epidemic of sexual abuse. And I know because how does it act out in your own life? So if you're like, if you get, um, you know, if you get exploited as a child sexually, then what happens is you often grow up with loose boundaries or you seek sex for attention or whatever, you know? So this is like a sign of many different things. And honestly, like mass, like basically what happened with the Me Too movement is there's there's been no differentiation between an actual rape and an unpleasant sexual experience yes so they're both like anytime a guy is like kind of like drunk and creepy to you or whatever and you didn't have the greatest time that's like now he's like a rapist and he needs to have his whole career canceled he needs to be held accountable exactly he needs to be held accountable you know and yeah like if you had an unpleasant sexual experience if it really helps your own healing journey speak out against it whatever you know but really look at like the the subtle imprints of within you that may have allowed that to happen i personally think can be more empowering than just going out and smearing them on social media like that's the whole thing is like that's what i actually realized as well because i had many unpleasant sexual experiences in my 20 that were a result of poor boundaries and when i thought about it i was like is it really going to help me to hop onto this movement and rope myself into canceling these powerful people who i had these unpleasant experiences i was like no not at all it's just going to continue my attachment and my relationship to them i don't want to put myself through that so i worked on it within myself and i looked at what led me to those situations yeah exactly well said honey um so i want to like give us we're almost at the end of the first hour with a lot more to dive into um, so obviously this whole work virus, these, um, work ideologies we just, um, shared definition has, have creeped into society, Indian institutions, educational, even corporations, they go along with it. And I want to make the point that a lot of these people, even normal quote unquote people go along, not because they necessarily agree, even these corporations, but it's become such a pressure of this, of a minority. Actually, we really need to understand this woke leftist cult is a minority, but they have a lot of power because they are in key positions in big tech, exactly. right? In corporations. So they have more influence seemingly they are more powerful than they actually are numbers yes but they have more influence on the zeitgeist on the cultural social mindset in in light of social engineering yes. so a lot of corporations they go along with it even disney now or others see they have these whole woke ideas uh, ideologies they support not because they believe in them but it's better for their business they want don't want to get canceled so they give in under the pressure and they've also installed people who believe in it as yes. well into positions of power so Okay, I'm going to talk about how we can resist it. And then if you want to read L James Lindsay's quote, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so how do how can we resist the woke virus? Well, number one, just literally don't go along with it. If they tell you that you need to say, speak a certain way, you need to address people, you need to put your pronouns in your bio or whatever, don't go along with it, even yeah. a little. You know why? Because if you give them an inch, they take a mile. You cannot, under no conditions, win at this game. Can, can yes. I say something on that real quick, please? Yes. I want to bring this up maybe also more in the second. Now, this whole pronouns and that may trigger, again, whatever triggers you guys here, again, you know, guys know our work, apply shadow work, right? Look within why it triggers you. But this whole pronoun thing is also pathology normalized, right? The um, denial of biological sex and all of that. And I see a lot of people all of a sudden, uh, or even on Zoom and whatnot, they put their pronouns in 
like you said, not because they believe in it, but of pressure because that's a politically correct thing to do right now. Yes. Do not go along with it. And I will share more in the second hour about the pathology of, of pronouns, the, the social pressure behind it from one end, or people actually believe it from an occult perspective and, and how this ties into even entity attachments and all of that. But that's a whole... Um, I mean, especially the youth is infected by that. So yeah, we'll have to get into that. We in get second to that, like, but exactly, yeah. like, do, just do not go along with it. Resist it. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. So that's the main thing. Don't go along with it, even a little, because if you take an inch, they take a mile. I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone this from first person experience. Um, number two, speak your mind. So, do you have different experiences and what this ideology is outlining is is the is the basically like golden rule for reality, which is that racism is everywhere? Do you like so speak about it? Don't be afraid. Like you know, they're gonna call you all sorts of names or whatever, but it's much worse for you to 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 silence yourself. They benefit off of your silence, actually. That's yeah. the whole thing. They try and silence you. That's the whole cancel culture thing. You're yeah. going to add something to that? Yeah, so yeah. Add the, that's an excellent quote by James Lindsay about the necessity to speak out, right? It is also because you're not only speaking out for yourself, you're speaking out for humanity and the future generations. And I want to get into this deeper as well. That's why I mentioned before that the woke virus is, or the woke cult is way more dangerous than the COVID cult in a sense, because it specifically targets children now and new generations. And that's that really can can affect will affect the um the future of humanity. And James Lindsay said it great, adding to what you just said. Every time you speak up against the woke and leftist abuse, it makes it easier for others to join in. Every time you fail to speak up when you should have said something, it makes it harder. Speaking up, having courage, these require a leap of faith. You can't know others will stand up around you and give you support until you do it. Maybe they will as you probably see it. Maybe they won't, though, and that's why it's brave, James Lindsay. And it's really important, especially if you're also in a business and an entrepreneur, do not give in to the woke cult. There's enough people in business, we know this from our work, who are um, sick of the woke pressure, the woke mob, who are looking for businesses, for services, it's uh, not woke. And goods that are not woke. So there's actually a marketing opportunity. There's a business opportunity by not going along, but by standing your ground with courage, with faith for truth. Yeah, but you have to be brave because you're, yeah. you are you are individuating and you're going against the consensus. And as we've talked in other podcasts, when you go against the consensus, you get the backlash from Saturn, from the yes. consensus. Yeah. You shouldn't do this, Yeah, that's interesting. So the woke uh, ideology is actually interfering with the individuation process so to speak, right? Or trying um, to interfere with it. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. It's an interesting trend that's happened there. Yeah. Um, okay, so number three, know your values and don't let them don't let them make you cave to theirs. That's really important. And I've had to really personally go through this with a fine-tooth comb because there's lots of issues which I personally was invested in, you know, like indigenous rights, for example. Like I was like, I've been at many indigenous protests, you know, like a lot of my friends went to Standing Rock, etc. You know, so I had to really think about like, yeah, there's real love in my heart for the indigenous people and their culture and everything that's happened to them. And I would love to like support them in any way, you know, but I don't agree with the solutions that the social justice warriors are are, are offering for, for these issues, you know, so you really got to, and this is deep work, knowing your values and knowing what's important to you, you need to go do some serious soul searching, soul searching to know that, you know, because if you don't know your values and what you stand for and what's important to you, you're easily going to get pulled off by culture, whatever the popular culture is of the time. Exactly. Not mistaken values with indoctrination like yes. the woke ideology and ideas from culture and society that are actually not yours, but you mistake for them to be yours. Exactly. And then number four, which you kind of touched on, so you need to not be afraid of them. So you have to be courageous. You have to speak up. You have to under, it's almost like trial by fire, you know, because they're primary methods of controlling people. It's a sociopathic. It, so the woke virus operates sociopathically in a group context. Doesn't mean everyone who adopts it is a sociopath, but it means when you hook into the hive mind, it operates very sociopathically. And they use shame. They use exiling from the group. They use sh smear campaigns to control you. So they try and control you through the group and through kind of shaming you. And it's intense. Like I'm, I have a cancer moon and I went through many times of being canceled. And I can tell you it was very hard on me. So the main thing also deal with toxic shame. So 
if you have a shame-based identity that often shows up as like, I'm not good enough, I'm worthless, I don't deserve to speak up, they will tag into that. Their primary method of controlling you is through shame. Yes. So you need to handle your own shame and get into a healthy relationship with your own shame. Otherwise, they'll tag into that every single time. So um, there's nothing healthy or sane or righteous against these smear campaigns they engage in either. So it's just evil. It's but you have though. to be ready for that if you're going to speak out. You know, I'm not yeah. sugarcoating it with people because I've been through this myself. Um, and then n- number five, which actually is probably the most important, and this kind of takes into the shame piece, is heal your own issues that these ide- ideolog- ideologies will tag into. So for me, actually, it was my own healing experiences with racism and feeling like a victim of the world. So I had to heal that. And then this did not happen, by the way, as like a process of like a conscious process. I was just doing my own internal work and then through healing my own issues, my these I, the ideology had less of a grasp on my mind. It was literally like waking up from cult programming that I had been subjected to for most of my life. So, you know, the more that you heal your own issues, that, so if you're listening to this and you kind of adopt some of these ideologies, and I mean, if you listen to the end, good for you, because you're probably getting quite triggered. Um, but you need to actually look at what it is within that tags in within you that makes you feel that these ide- ideologies are very seductive, because yeah. they do tend to tag into our identification with victimizing stories in our lives. Exactly. So basically, you have to do the opposite of what the whole white ideology is based on. You got to get out of victim consciousness and take responsibility for everything in your life. Yes. And dive into deeper psychological inner work and spiritual work because ultimately the woke ideology and we go this into is 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 the vehicle for anti divine forces. It's satanic, it's demonic on 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 various levels. Um, most people don't only see it on the surface, but if you really see the energy and what's behind it, it is anti divine. It's uh, uh, so it's really important to close the entry points, as Laura just said, for these other forces to come in through the woke mob only by healing yourself. And also, as I just mentioned before, the whole woke ideology will all completely falls apart if you truly apply shadow work, right? Owning your triggers, not blaming others for the way you feel. That's number one psychological rule. Don't blame others for the way, you've, uh, uh, for the way you feel. The feelings are within you. You need to take responsibility for that and resolve them within yourself. Trauma work, inner child work, shadow work, and then deeper spiritual work that ties also into, again, the work ideology with this whole uh, critical race three and, and other nonsense completely falls apart if you bring in the spiritual perspective of past lives and we could have been any other race in the past life. Yeah, I actually... Right? So, yeah. I mean, it goes beyond for the mind to understand, but it's really understand this woke ideology is rooted in pure materialism as well. Okay, I just want to add on because I know yeah. uh, this is a very ripe topic, so I'm not surprised we've gone a bit over, but I actually saw that I had this great experience I told you about before where I was in a Kundalini yoga studio with this black woman teacher And this white woman got up and she was like, you know, don't you feel as a black woman, you should feel this and this and this way about (laughs) spirituality. And she was like, why would I feel that way? I've been white. I've been black. I've been a man. I've been a woman in several lifetimes. I'm just black in this lifetime and shut her down right away. So she, as the white liberal woman, was telling her how she should feel about racism. And she shut her down. And that was very admirable. Okay, so I'm going to close. This is a very powerful quote by James Lindsay. I shared it. or, or Sorry, I I copied it from like 2021 he said it and he really gives you and i agree wholeheartedly with what he's saying okay uh, how you handle woke people so if you're having trouble handling woke people get a pen and paper and write this down because this is very important and he says practically speaking there's only three possible things you can do with the woke two are strong and one is weak this is because it is a psychopathic takeover ideology number one play ball that's weak number two ignore strong and number three resist strong and he goes into the one by one so play ball that's the weak option this means acquiesce and try to compromise which will always pull you into their vortex and destroy slash zombify you and your organization you cannot win this way you will eventually lose this way they will wear you down eventually or catch you in a soft spot and beat you so you can't play along with them at all and i've seen this happen not just to me to every a lot of institutions other people i know who do coaching as well you can't play ball with them which also means uh don't play ball do not apologize no you know they you know a lot of famous people joe rogan has 
learned it the hard way. And even I remember James Lindsay like having a facepalm when Joe Rogan apologized no, for yeah. using the N word in a whole different context. And then he got dragged down even more. And like, you know, once you give him one inch, they take a whole arm. And like, obviously, Joe Rogan has his, had his own agenda. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of famous people rather apologize because you know they're afraid to go there their whole career money is on on stake and all of that mm. right so it's also a question of integrity right yeah but you cannot argue you cannot go along you cannot like it's it's such a um dialectic um illogical ideology you cannot win it right because they just uh, move around the definitions in their subjective a tunnel vision that you cannot argue at yeah. all. And the reason that, um, you know, like you'll notice as well, especially if you're someone who's like in an organization where this is kind of this virus is being infected is that you actually can't play along with them because they're going to make you just doubt everything you say and exactly. think basically. And you're going to feel that kind it's of a pressure. Mind fuck. Yeah. Okay. So number two, ignore, uh, yeah, ignore them strong and barrel on without fighting them or acquiescing or try to compromise so just do your own thing basically live like their nonsense is irrelevant to your life and make no decisions out of fear this requires the exact strength of character they try to erode keep the faith and barrel on um so three resist strong go hard lean into whatever they say you can't do with style and savvy ideally and when they hit you hit back harder every time don't do this unless you know what you're doing, ideally including understanding their ideology enough to not be a backlash. Trump and I, he's James Lindsay is referring to ourselves, do number three. It turns you all radioactive with the Wokies and, and ones. Most reasonable people are trying, one, to um, play along, basically, and so they're getting rolled. Most people should be doing two, which means ignore them. People who can need to do three, basically. So people who can need to resist, you have to worry attitude, resist right? <laughs> or at least ignore them. All you quote-unquote respectable and reasonable people, ones out there, need to realize right now that the game is wholly rigged in their favor. It's also dialectical by design. You cannot win it. They'll zombify everything they can, and anything that dies in the process deserves deserved murder. Do not, you know, it reminds me also from an occult law based on holographic kinetics, uh, which I also studied. Do not, you know, by playing ball, you enter their game, and you cannot win their game. No, it's already set to fail. Yeah, and he says, if you get really good at it and understand enough of the woke ideology to see it and reject it in real time, you can do three, meaning you can resist by pretending to do one play ball. Out of war. Yeah, (laughs) this is like when Neo enters the Matrix and tries to break it, but they still scramble to get to those phones, don't they? There are various ways to resist and various ways to ignore. Some are more adversarial than others. Just realize if you're playing ball, you're losing. If you care what people think about you or maintaining your image, optics, or network, you're playing ball. You lost it. That's the key thing. And so like, and that was the big trap for me, you know, is because I was so, you know, there was a tag into me, into this ideology. I had many hooks into it. And as I worked on deconditioning myself from it, basically, I had to basically not care about what they thought of me or whatever. I've been like called every single, like every single possible name in the book by them. I've been called, you know, so I, I don't care. I've been canceled so many times, you know, and you have to actually get yourself in that position because that's exactly what they'll weaponize against you. That's why also they use, like James Lindsay said, you know, if you care about what people think about you or maintaining your image, optics or network, money, career, whatever, you're playing ball, you're giving into the work mob, which requires a high degree of self-esteem and really not caring others which means again going back what we mentioned before heal anything if you're still concerned what other people think of you right and have any attachments to that there's something you need to work within yourself so you don't um given you know naturally out of mechanical trauma response to the mob uh, the, the woke mob it also ties into uh, the trap of being a people pleaser or this whole idea of non-violent violent communication which kind of like has its place but the spiritual communities in the new age have also distorted the idea of like why can't we just all get along and see love and light in everyone no you were dealing you know uh which i'll go deeper into the second hour with anti-divine forces that have hijacked um the left with his woke ideologies and with very pathological individuals that are driven by other underdivine forces. You cannot play nice with them. As, as Castaneda said, you cannot play nice with the predator. And this uh, advice by James Lindsay is the best advice. Ignore them or resist. Do not play ball. Yes. And with that being said, 
that's the end of the first hour. We definitely dive deep in the second hour. I want to also look deeper into like the origin of this whole work ideology, not over the past 10 years, but goes back to Frankfurt School, the Tavistock Institute, the whole cultural Marxist infiltration over decades ties also in the decoration of the hippie movement, New Age movement, the Burning Man CIA operation that also is part of it because the whole New Age Burning Man type leftist uh, spiritual community has also been infiltrated by the woke. It ties into path, um, uh, normalizing of sexual pathologies and all of that, which we definitely see now uh, targeting children. And um, yeah, going deeper also more into the occult esoteric aspect, how this works. And again, like what is the way out? Because we are in the midst of a spiritual warfare. The woke ideology or the woke is also a, a war over your soul, right? That's really what it comes down to. And uh, with that being said, if you're not a member yet of uh, my website to have access to the second hour, you can go to veilofreality.com and sign up there. You will have access to all the second hours of the second hour and to the membership forum. And with that being said, see you all on the other side. Mm -hmm.